This is an extremely dangerous decision. Words from Russia as Germany announces they'll let other NATO members provide Ukraine with tanks. The move is intended to help Ukraine defend against Russia's nearly one-year-old invasion. NATO countries like the U.S., Britain, and Poland are sending much-needed tanks to the battlefield. Ukrainian officials have welcomed the aid as a sign of solidarity and assistance in the face of Russian aggression. However, the decision has angered Russian officials who see it as a direct threat to their security. NATO defends their decision, stating that it will help Ukraine in its defense and send a clear message to Russia, you can't invade another country. The situation has prompted concern that Russia may strike back, not only in Ukraine, but against other European countries. Only time will tell. Are you praying for peace? I am. Let's be peacemakers. Let's ask the Lord to win this war. Only he is able. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus here on this final Thursday in January. Can you believe it? And we're in a series called I Pray the Lord Their Soul to Keep. Our title is based on a children's prayer that no doubt you've heard before. As far as I know, it comes from the 1750s. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. What a sobering prayer. I remember it as a child when I was first taught it. And it's important that we all teach our kids to go to the Lord who holds their lives in his hands, to go to him in the name of Jesus, to trust in him for everything. And all this week, we've been talking about how as adults, we need to be praying for the children in our lives. And of course, we need to not only pray for them, we need to show them how to pray by modeling prayer for them. How do we do that? Well, with me again is Melissa Kruger. She's written a book called Five Things to Pray for Our Kids. Melissa, how do we show our kids how to pray? Yeah, I think the best thing about prayer is you can do it anytime, anywhere. And so, you know, when they fall down and hurt themselves, you know, and you're bandaging wounds, you can pray and ask God to heal it. I mean, you know, when you're driving the carpool, which goodness gracious, how much time do we spend in the cars as moms? Um, You can pray on the way to school each day with your kids in the car. You can pray on the way to church, like help us understand the message. Um, I mean, the nice thing about praying with our kids, it's this wonderful activity that somehow kids understand is important. It's amazing. You don't really have to teach kids that. They they just get, hold on, this is something different than just talking to mom and dad. And they really will join in. And I think the younger kids learn to make prayer a daily part of their rhythms, the more natural it will be to them as they age. It just will be their go-to that they will think of as quite normal. And it's been interesting to me to watch. You know, we obviously prayed with our kids all the time when they were little, and now we still pray with them as they're older. You know, and we pray before the test and we pray before the games, we pray before tryouts, we pray in all these ways. And it's just a normal, beautiful part of our home that we all accept. We can't make everything happen the way we like it, but we can ask God. And if he says no, then we can trust him. And so we have all those conversations because that's life. You know, prayer, we know that 
that God is not a magic genie that we, you know, get three wishes and, and that's how it works. <laughs> but actually that we can give him a thousand prayer requests. And then we can actually learn and teach our kids that God actually knows what's best. So if he doesn't answer something the way we hoped he would, that means he had a better plan. And like, that's a great lesson we get to teach our kids through prayer, because that's a lesson we're also learning as adults. <laughs> well, and, and, and we'll always be learning as long as we live. Melissa Kruger, thanks again for sharing that simple reminder of how to model prayer for our kids. And thanks again for being with us here on Haven Today. Thank you, Charles. In a moment, we're going to think more about prayer, praying for our kids and praying for ourselves as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and caregivers. And we'll also hear from a missionary mom of five boys, and she'll share a couple of sweet stories about prayer in her family's life. Then after the program, I'd like to send you Melissa's helpful book called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. It's a prayer guide. It's under 100 pages. It's filled with scripture and prayer prompts that'll help you pray every day for the children around you. And it's easy to use over and over again. So for your gift to this ministry, I want to send you five things to pray for your kids. Our number to call after the program is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or you could go online, watch the video we posted with Melissa Kruger, and check out the sample chapter, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, let's open the program with the husband and wife singing for us, Whatever May Come. Whatever I face, whatever the fear, whatever the cost, you always draw near. Whatever the pain, whatever may come, Whatever may fall, your love overcomes Your love overcomes I will call, I will call upon you Whatever I face, you are with me I will fall, I will fall on my knees For every heartbreak, you will hold me Your banner we're lifting high 
with his wife, Adrian Camp, and whatever may come from the worship project here on this haven today, I pray the Lord their soul to keep. And before we turn to God's word, I want us to go to South Carolina. I want us to meet up with Jessica. Welcome to the program, Jessica, for the very first time. Hey, it's great to be here, Charles. Jessica, you're a mom with five boys, and you and your husband served as missionaries in both Japan and Costa Rica. Can you share with us how you and your husband modeled prayer for your children, even as some of them now are getting older? Yeah, sure. Okay, so we do. We have five boys, and um, we've got teenagers. We've got one who's graduated from college and one, two who are in college right now. And I think although we've established patterns of prayer together as a family, like mealtime prayers around the table, you know, for dinner or prayers of celebration when something has really been answered for us or something that's heavy on uh, one of the boys' hearts. But this year, as we've got a son who's studying abroad, he was, it was a big move for him. He's never lived that far away from us, although we've been international um, before as families, as missionaries. Um, so he was, you know, adapting to life on his own. And it was really hard for him. There were so many things that he had to problem solve and figure out and navigate. And so it was just really hard, especially at the end of the night, um, to kind of settle down and quiet his thoughts. And so I didn't know it at first that it was happening. But um, a few times at dinner, the Um, my husband's alarm kept going off on the phone and he would step away from the dinner table. And what I didn't know is that he had set his alarm so that he was calling my son at the end of my son's night so that he could just pray with him before he ended his day. And um, I think that that's just a sweet reminder that our kids are never too old to know that we're invested in in their relationship with the Lord and their way that they're starting and ending their day to be at peace um, and to be confident that the Lord's with them. So I think that's just a sweet story to remind us that um, we are on the job um, forever and always to be praying for our kids and to let them know that there's always time in our day um, to make that happen. Jessica, that is so sweet of your husband to pray with your oldest boy that way. And you're still getting opportunities to pray for your boys still at home, even in the smallest of things, right? Yeah. Just recently, I was at home with my uh, my youngest, and it was a Friday night. We love Friday nights, but we were the only two in the house, and we had lost power. So we were trying to figure out how we were going to make dinner 
changing of plans and whatnot. And we had some good creative thoughts going on and, and it was just getting colder and we, I was getting grumpier. And all of a sudden I just, I just stopped out loud and he was sitting on the, the couch and I just, I just prayed, Lord, I need the power on. I really need it to come on soon. Amen, Lord Jesus. And the lights just came on after that. And so my son was just, his jaw dropped. He's like, mom, I said, honey, we can always pray about what's on our heart to the Lord. <laughs> and so just a fun thing, but just a reminder that we can pause, you know, in our day and to model those things that even when we get frazzled as parents, um, we need to turn to the Lord and admit that we are feeling feeble, feeling weak. <laughs> Jessica, what a simple way the Lord showed you and your youngest that God is truly sovereign even when the power goes out. Thanks so much for sharing with us here on the program. Thanks, Charles, so much for having me share today. You're listening to Haven today. I pray the Lord their soul to keep. And listening to Jessica share about some of the examples from her own life with her children really hits me. I know I can't speak for you, but I have a heart for the next generation and the generation after that, too. Think about the world that we're growing up in right now and surrounded by. The economy has been so volatile The COVID-19 pandemic has caused instability. There's that war in Europe that we opened with. People are at each other's throats politically. And then there's the technology. All the information we could ever want or need in our hand or pocket, or so we think. In some ways, it's the same world you and I grew up in, but in other ways, it's quite different. But still, we can have confidence because we can know the Lord is faithful. Remember how our Lord told his disciples to take his message to the ends of the earth? And he completed the Great Commission by saying these words, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's a promise, you know. And one of the things Jesus promised us in those words is that he isn't going to take a generation off. He isn't going to skip 20 or 30 years of the church. And you know, I think praying for our children involves praying for ourselves, that God would shape and would mold us to be who we need to be for them, that we would be able to teach them who God is and share what the Lord has done in our lives, to tell them of his goodness. And that reminds me of Psalm 78. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power, and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born. And they, in turn, would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. What a picture that is. Asaph was writing this psalm to tell the next generation who Yahweh was and what Yahweh had done. And how does Asaph himself know these things? His ancestors passed them along to him. Did you ever play the telephone game as a kid? You and your friends would sit in a line. 
And the first person would come on with a sentence. It would be whispered in one ear after another, all the way down the line. And wouldn't you know it, the sentence would always be different by the time it got to the final person. But Asaph was talking about something different here. It wasn't something whispered in secret. He was talking about something openly shared, publicly proclaimed by a lot of people, to a lot of people, something trustworthy, the praiseworthy deeds of God for his people. And what was the Lord's plan? That parents and grandparents would share with children on and on down the line, even to generations yet unborn. And that's a pretty good reminder for us today, isn't it? Before we can tell our children about the Lord, we need to listen to his teaching ourselves. So you can pray for yourself that the Holy Spirit would open your ears to hear of God's wonderful deeds, especially the ones he did through Christ. And you can pray that you would spend time reading the Bible and praying, that you would go to church and hear what God has to say to his people, and that you would turn around and share those things with the next generation. And beyond praying that God would teach us so that we can teach our kids, we can pray that we will create a home of patience and kindness for our children. Remember the Apostle Paul's words in Colossians 3? Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. That shouldn't just be what happens among adults. We should praise God that he has saved us in Jesus, and he loves us. Sometimes I think that's one of the things we can too often forget, or at least I know I'm tempted to forget. But if the Lord loves us and has forgiven us, then we should love and forgive others, including our children and grandchildren. We can pray that we will give this to the next generation and that they will see glimpses of God's love as we love them every single day. And there's one more thing that you and I can pray. And I think this may be one of the hardest. We can pray that we will trust the Lord with them. We like to be in control, don't we? To think that we have everything organized and handled, or at least some of us do. But so many things are out of our control. And that's why we need to trust in our Savior with everything, even the most important things, like our children. Think of David's words found in Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple, for in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Do you remember the first day you held your firstborn child? And when you brought him or her home from the hospital, they just give you this newborn human and send you home without any kind of instruction manual. 
And even with all of the advice in the books out there on parenting, there's still a lot of uncertainty on our parts. Are we doing it right? Can we know if we're doing it right? Well, we can trust the Lord with our children. And we can remember that our relationship with them is not the most important part of our lives. That honor is reserved for our relationship with our God. He's our Father through Jesus Christ, and He is trustworthy. So we can pray to Him, knowing that He hears us. And we can pray that He will encourage us and strengthen us and help us persevere as we share Christ with our children. Here at Haven Today, we love to tell the great story that's all about Jesus. May the Lord enable us to share that great story with the next generation. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. By His love and power controlling all I do and say. Female vocalist leading the Norton Hall Band, May the Mind of Christ My Savior, on this Haven Today. 
You've been hearing me talk all week about Melissa Kruger's short but sweet book called Five Things to Pray for Your Kids. So rather than me explain the book to you, why not let Melissa do that for us right now? Well, Five Things to Pray for Your Kids is really just a book to help you pray. It's not a book so much on the topic of prayer, but it walks you through different passages of scripture and helps you pull out themes to pray for your child. And so what I love about it is it's really small. It can fit in most women's purses and it doesn't even have to be a big purse. Um, it, can, it can't probably fit in a, in a man's wallet, but it's tiny. It can go with you everywhere. And what I love about that is I can take it to the places in my day where I'm kind of sitting and waiting and I can just open it up and I can use it to help me pray scripture for my kids. And so that's what I love about it. And I use it myself and I hope it will encourage other people to just pray big scripture-filled prayers for their kids. I want to send you Five Things to Pray for Your Kids by Melissa Kruger. I'd like to send it out right away for your gift to the ministry. You just need to call 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or look at that sample chapter we put on our website and you can see for yourself how easy this book is to use. And then you can also make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And yes, we still have Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional in modern English for your gift to the ministry. You can ask about that when you call us, or you can read more about that when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday we'll still be here and we'll be sharing together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I'm sorry, words that we've all spoken to others and words that we've all heard. We're all sinful people after all, and we sin against each other and against the Lord all the time, even when we're kids. And with a lot of sin comes a lot of forgiveness. But does it? Do we always forgive those who sin against us? We should remember what Jesus told us to pray in the Lord's Prayer and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That's why and how we forgive. The Lord has forgiven us because of what Jesus did in our place. Do you trust in Christ? Then God has forgiven you and you should forgive others. You'll see Jesus more clearly through time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchored.com.